Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you're here. Today we are diving into a classic called The Hobbit, written by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, it was published first published in 1937. And yeah, we really should have had your friend Dennis Boyd on because he was a Hobbit fan. Yes. I, I thought I that think was, I have a lot of Hobbit fans. I have an in, interesting connection because if you look up and read about Tolkien, he considered himself a Hobbit. You know, that's interesting. Okay. So, um, why, why did he say that he considered himself a hobbit? Well, I, you know, I, I had a quote from him. Do not spoil the wonder with haste. And then uh, he also is the one where I think I quoted that at the beginning. But little by little, one travels far. So I think he thought, what more could life give you than to be in your cozy little house and reading books and, you know, that's kind of what hobbits like to stay put. You know, so I had read that some people think that the Hobbit is kind of his his um, memoir <laughs> or reflection of his experience in World War One. And okay. I, so I was like curious. I was like, what was his experience in World War One? And so he elected to finish um he enlisted in a program to finish his degree before going to war which was highly looked down on um at the time you know and it was scorned publicly to do that and it, it, he was quoted for saying in those days chaps joined up or were scorned publicly it was a nasty cleft to be uh, to be in for a young man with too much imagination and little physical courage so i think because he was i think he was just so he is Bilbo, I think, but he did yes. end up going to war, and I think it was atrocious. Everything that he had to go through, he ended up catching uh, or getting trench fever, which is a disease from lice, I think. Um, and he lost all of his friends, I think, um, or most of them, his childhood friends. But anyway, and so he had a bad go in World War um, One. But what was interesting, though, that he was uh, and he did this on his own i guess i didn't realize that the british also um censored letters i think uh oh, really and the lie we cannot see it you know it showed us like what a censored letter looked like oh um, and you, you mentioned you know him going to war would would be so terrible and i had a quote from all the light we cannot see uh, and it was what the war did to dreamers and it was talking about frederick so i'm sure the war did more to tolkien than it might have done to someone that wasn't a dreamer you know that's a that's well put and i wonder if you know we've talked about highly sensitive people and and kind of on the enneagram too like a four they they kind of feel a lot more stuff you know they feel more i think mm -hmm. so i think you're right if you're a person that feels more it would definitely affect you more you know mm -hmm. for sure and i'm thinking he, he to to be as descriptive as he is in his um writing you know he's uh 
And I kind of, I was not surprised that he connected with Bilbo because he describes it very vividly. Because, I mean, I feel like I'm part Hobbit myself. You know, you can resonate with that if you are part Hobbit. Definitely an introvert. And how hard would that be if you're living in a foxhole? Yes. You have no downtime. And then, and then you know, that rats book I read, there's rats in the foxhole. I was like, yes. Ah! And, and the fact that, you know, he, like you said, he describes Bilbo... Bilbo is the reluctant hero. He does not want to go. Like he does he does not want to go on an adventure and all of that. And and he dreams of his being home all the time when he's on the adventure. And so I think that was that's probably how Tolkien felt during the war. Like he just so wanted to be home, you know. And I saw a poster once and it said soldiers don't go to war for what what's ahead. They go to war for what they left behind. That's good. And so, yeah, and I had a quote from uh, it because here's a Bilbo quote. Somehow uh, killing the giant spider all alone by himself in the dark without the help of the wizard or the dwarfs or anyone else made a great difference to Mr. Baggins. So, I mean, I, I think it, it, like all of us, we, we like to stay in our hobbit hole and, and that's our comfort zone but here it made a great difference in the rest of his life because he had done something by himself and i that was connects with what i was talking to you about the book by um dorothy canfield fisher understood betsy that little girl had never had an original thought in her whole life until she was in third grade and her uncle just handed her the reins of the wagon and she's having to drive and figure it out all by herself yes so who was it that said, be prepared to fail, to fail well, fail boldly or something? You know, I don't think we uh, do that enough, you know. Was it fail forward? Or is that no, it was, this was okay. an old quote, but it's like, if it may be C.S. Lewis or it might be Tolkien himself. But if you're going to be, be um, okay with failing, doing something poorly, that's what it was. If you want to do something well, be okay with doing it poorly. And I don't think, you know, uh, Bilbo, which uh, Bilbo is Mr. Baggins. They're the same person. So that's, that might be confusing. But and, and the connection between, I think, Tolkien and I, I think why he puts himself in Bilbo as Bilbo, too. Bilbo is not he's not physically strong, really. You know, he's not like a the the dwarfs that are with them, which when you say a dwarf, you think small, but the dwarfs are bigger than he is. So. In his story, right? Yes. Okay. And he's small and kind of comes, but he's well prepared because he has a pantry. He likes to eat food, <laughs> but he has a big pantry and the dwarves clean him out, you know, but he's very clever. He outsmarts a lot of the foes by his cleverness. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. And in that I think that really ties back to who Tolkien was too, because in the war, um, he, he, it was torture for him. He said parting from his wife was like death. Like he hated parting from his wife, but, but, and, and she was so worried about him that she wanted to know where he's at. But these British, I guess that, you know, they censored the letters. You can't say where you're at, but he developed a code of dots um, for just him and Edith, his wife, where she could track huh. his movements and know where How they cool were. How cool is that? How clever. And you know what else is cool is so, like, I was like, that's very clever. Like, he developed his own code and all this. Well, 
and then World War Two comes around, and he, at that time, he gets, he's used for, um, what do they call that? A code breaker. Yeah, like, like to um, decipher. decipher yeah. The codes. Yeah. So, and he was, he, so he was more on that. So I feel like they were really utilizing him more in the Second World War with his assets that he had. You know, the so he cleverness. fought in two World Wars. Yes. Oh my goodness. Or he was, yeah. I don't know if he like. Well, yeah, he did. He served in two wars, so. Wow. But anyway, I just thought that was so interesting that he is Bilbo. I I didn't, I wish I kind of had known that when I was reading the book, but. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, and the book is really a story about personal growth, don't you think? Oh, definitely. And I don't think, uh, you know, it's like in the Bible, it says that we're disciplined and no one at the time when you're undergoing discipline likes discipline i think growth is the same way growth is not fun i mean you actually are with bilbo and you're kind of anxious when he's anxious i mean you you get to take this journey with him which is um yeah it's all about growth and but growth is not a fun it's not fun (laughs) it's not comfortable (laughs) that's true and i and i thought that um I, it, I have another quote from him. Going on from there was the bravest thing he ever did. The tremendous things that happened afterwards were as nothing compared to it. He fought the real battle in the tunnel alone before he ever saw the vast danger that lay in wait. And I'm thinking uh, that connected me with Jesus because, you know, his battle when he was tempted and then he prayed in the garden. So when he was crucified, he'd already fought the battle. Yes. So sometimes we fought, you know, like Bilbo had fought the battle alone and you have to fight your battle alone. And I don't think people like that, but your battle is all alone. God's with you. But I mean, you can't say, well, my husband will help me. My kids will help me. My friend will help me. No. The battle is all alone. And Bilbo is all alone. That's my favorite quote. I think if I had to pick one quote of the whole story, the whole book, it would be that. Because I thought I loved that. That that's so true. That the like you in anybody that does anything heroic and the the battle they've already they've already won that because they decided to do it. That's you know, they've Mm -hmm. already conquered that. So I just so I love many, that imagery. So many times you see that because um, there's a movie that your dad and I, it's our favorite movie to watch uh, together is Secretariat. And she's talking to the horse and she said, I've already won my battle. And her battle was not getting, not winning the race, but her battle was getting him to do that because his, her dad had said, let him run his race, darling. And so... Yes. Her battle was already run, was already won, but she said, now it's your turn. You know, you do your, but I mean, it, it's just amazing when you put someone gets to that point when they realize, and he, he realized the real battle was in the tunnel, but yes. you're going to have other battles. But like when you decide to be a Christian, you really knock out a lot of uh, debate with yourself. Am I going to do this? Or you're just going to have to do the right thing. Mm-hmm honor your word like i had told you earlier honor your word and that covers a ton of stuff i had another quote that says then as is the nature of folk 
that are thoroughly perplexed, which that would be like everybody in our society right now, <laughs> they begin they began to grumble at the Hobbit, blaming him for what for what had at first so pleased them. So you know the blame game. Yes. I mean, they weren't real kind to the Hobbit. No. No. And they kind of looked down on the Hobbit. He had to earn his respect a couple of times over. That may go right back to what you just told us about um, Tolkien in the war. He did something that he was looked down on. Yes. And so this is, he's transferred that to um, Bilbo. Cool word. I I had a couple, uh, but bannocks are flat biscuits, which I thought bannock. Uh, I was thinking hammock, uh, way off there. <laughs> bannock is a yeah. flat biscuit, and I don't know how you pronounce this, but it's f a g g o t s. I think faggots, which I always thought that was a bad word, but in the book, it's a bundle of sticks. <laughs> yeah. So I ooh. always thought in um, it was like a cigarette. In yeah, England, in you know, British or whatever, but I know, yeah, so that's why I was like, You, I remember you telling me that when we were reading it. And of course, one of my favorite quotes in that we quoted it when we uh, were a place to hang the moon was, It does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations if you live near him. Yes, that's the other one I had underlined too. That's and yeah, that, so that was the whole reason why we read Hobbit was inspired by the book A Place to Hang the Moon. So, because it's one of those books that you hear about, but um, and you read it to your boys. How did did they like it? Yes, did, you read it to your boys, and what are their ages, and did they like it? Um, yes, my boys are seven and six, and they really liked it. Um, I think it helped that we had the um, illustrated version of The Hobbit too, and it was it's beautifully illustrated. And oh yes, um, you you gave me that book. It has a cloth binding, and it's green with gold lettering. It's it's really fancy. It was a fancy read, and the pages are glossy. Yeah, it feels like a it feels like it's a classic novel. I mean, it is a classic novel, but I mean, it feels like it's an old. You know how they used to really put They're a lot trying of effort to preserve into the. the preserve the pristine uh, I mean you you almost wanted to have be sipping a cup of tea you know C.S. Lewis said I've never had a book too long and a cup of tea too too small you know too <laughs> large too so I, I wanted to have a little cup of tea I really felt kind of British when I was reading this I, I did yes. so they they loved it they loved the pictures they loved the story um, they there's a few parts that they they got a little lost in, but I mean, overall, they totally got the gist of the story. They got, they understood it. They wanted to know what happened, what was happening next, I guess I should say. Um, and isn't this a good analogy to life to read to your kids? Uh, because there are dragons out there. I think it was, uh, uh, Chesterton that said, we don't read fairy tales to let kids know about, uh, dragons because they know there are dragons we read fairy tales to let them know they can be killed Ooh, i like that that's so good well i'll post that on the deal the actual quote but that's from memory but gk chesterton i like he he can say a lot in a few little words uh i think he's also british so a a lot of british people here (laughs) there's just a lot of good um 
good moral of the story type things in the hobbit like good things that you know life lessons just like the what you just said it does not leave to it does not do to leave a live dragon out of your calculations and so how could you apply that today well just like apply that to your life today is no know your enemies basically yes we have spiritual warfare everywhere so if you ignore that and i think that's what tolkien's kind of telling you here you're going to have dragons Mm -hmm. they're coming they're here and it's good if you're aware of them yes because like that says you can't just go through life with rose-colored glasses on and blinders on you can't do that i mean you can do that but it won't be for a rich fulfilled life it doesn't serve you well in the end. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love that when you, when you think about as a teacher, if it's a full moon and a holiday, I need to know the, <laughs> that I'm going to have to be, I'm going to bring my A game <laughs> because it's going to be a different day. <laughs> I know people laugh when you say full moon. I, no, it's true. It is true. And you, you may not notice it with two kids, but if you have 20, I guarantee you it's a, there's a big difference. Yeah, I'm, and sometimes it, I will not have noticed, and I'll say, ah, "I bet it's a full moon," and I'll go out, and every time I've said that, it's a full moon. That's very interesting. I bring my A game most of the time. I, I want to always bring my A game. Thank goodness, because I don't look at the moon. I don't have a far, farmer's almanac. <laughs> That'd be a good present for me. So I'd be aware, aware of it. You can take off those days, sick days. <laughs> But in my little thing, it says, how did you feel when you finished this book? And so I can ask you, how did you feel when you finished the book? I think I just felt so much relief. I, yeah. because I was, I was there with Bilbo and he, I guess, I don't know if we should say that, but well, you know, I guess people know he survives because there's other books and stuff, but yeah, just, just the fact that he made it home, you know, you're just like, Oh, jubilant you're jubilant yes. with him you know and i really think that's a message for us uh introverts that don't want to go on an adventure sometime you need to make yourself because then you experience that joy of returning that's very true and you don't have that if you don't go somewhere you know and you don't and have, have the personal problems. growth if you don't push yourself no. out of your comfort zone either and if you don't have bad days then you don't fully appreciate the good days I so was that's what I said. I was thankful that he made it back home. I mean, just and, and then I so said, you were relieved too, huh? I, I was thank, and then I said I was also thankful that he did go on the adventure because I think that will make him a more fulfilled person. Mm. And on my word of the year, which is centimeter, I would call this a centimeter book because I kind of had to make myself read it, especially at first. Yes, and I tell I tell you that all the time. Beginnings are hard. But I was, and then it took me a while to get into it. Like, uh, Wind in the Willows, I got into that a lot quicker. Well, you were the reason I finished this one. Because I was like, okay, I was dragging. And then I I got into it. it out loud was, it it is a harder out loud read. I would go back and reread quietly. And I'm like, this, it flows a lot easier than when, like, reading it out loud was a little bit difficult for me. But I like doing voices. And so, you know. That was still fun to do voices. Well, I bet the boys enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine reading it out loud, to tell you the truth, because I'm like, whoa. Because there's a lot of words there that are British words, so. I think just the flow of it is a flow I'm not used to, 
and which is fine. I think once you get into it, you know, I think you just have to get into it. But um, would you be interested? Would you ever want to pursue the rest of it? Or was The Hobbit enough for you as far as uh, his, the series goes? Oh, like Lord of the Rings? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I did just, I don't, I am not a big uh, fan of fantasy. So um, he does it well. I might, yeah, because I have a quote from, um, and it wasn't from what we read, but there is some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. Hmm. And I like that. And that's yeah. from another Lord of the Rings. I like that. And I've seen the movies. Yeah, I think I would be uh, like, a, especially a a winter read to have some uh, time to digest it. But I, I thought this was part of the trilogy. And you said, no, The Hobbit's not part of the trilogy. I was like, what? It kind of so sets up about the, you? the tone. I would be interested in, I, I would be interested in reading more. Not out loud. <laughs> but well, I don't yeah. think the others are kid friendly as much. This is probably the for, for my yes. age anyway. Definitely. Well, I think um, the uh, Jim Trelease read aloud handbook is something that all parents would appreciate because he, he goes into detail telling you what makes a good read aloud. And, and of course, I broke that uh, sometimes because I read Shepherd of the Hills to you guys. That's not in there. And uh, but you need a lot of dialogue, which Hobbit had that. But it also had a lot of places where there wasn't any dialogue, where he's describing and you're going mm -hmm. through different things. So uh, I'm, but I think it would be great to read this one aloud, and then your boys can, when they're older, discover the trilogy on their own. That's true. And then you've given them a foundation, and they'll say, "Oh, it's Bilbo." You know, you made it interesting because you said you, you're not a huge fan of fantasy, but for me, I don't feel like this feels like fantasy. Because, and I don't know if that's just because he's such a good writer and he creates this world, but it feels like a real world. You know, it doesn't feel like, okay, this is some like totally off the wall thing that couldn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, even mm -hmm. though there's characters and things that, the way that he describes them, it just feels real earthy and real. Does it, did that, oh, that's true. That way or is it, yeah, it resonates because, uh, well, at the same time I was reading that, uh, I'm reading The Hobbit. I'm also was reading um, The Wing Feather Saga, and um, that book was recommended by your brother, Caleb, and they were just raving about it. And I liked it, but I, I liked The Hobbit better. So because, and it was good I was reading them kind of at the same time because you know, I said beginnings are slow, but you're going to say, well, they might be not, they might not be so slow if you just do one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I got in, here's what I do. I kind of sample and then sample. You, you remember how Costco used to be before COVID where you had all the samples Yeah, and you could taste, well, that's what I do with books. So I, I might have four out there and I'm reading a beginning, read a beginning and, and I, and I finished both of them, which, you know, I'm not a finisher. So that's good. Uh, of course, books, I do tend to finish. Housework, uh, not so much. But <laughs> the Wing Feather Saga, I liked it, but there's not as much to take away and apply to real life as The Hobbit. Oh. It, the Hobbit is deeper. Mm. And so I think it, it, that had overtones. And I think, of course, the I would guarantee that, that got, that's written by Andrew Peterson. I would bet money that he's read The Hobbit. Yeah. You know, but The Hobbit was just so applicable. 
I mean, yes. I can say, okay, so these are, we're going to, what are my battles that I have to fight today? And sometimes your battle might be procrastination. Your dragon mm-hmm. might be something as easy to identify as procrastination, you know, that's good. but yeah. that's still a dragon for sure. Or distraction or that. Yeah, you're right. There's yeah. so many dragons out there. And I don't think we, we think sometimes that a dragon is going to be huge and easy to identify. I think sometimes they're not. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Satan can use tools that are so small as just a doubt. Doubting could be, well, should I do this or should I not? Well, you can doubt yourself and then do nothing. Indecisiveness. Yes. Yeah. For sure. So I, I just think one of them again, you know, I always, I would definitely pick the Hobbit. And I think definitely rereading a book, you know, the words, you know, the flow. And, and I, like I told you, if I wait a while, I kind of forget the climax. So I'm okay. <laughs> but I feel like I'm revisiting old friends. Hey, how you doing, Bilbo? How's it going? And then I don't know what's going to happen. If you wait like five years, you know, you're like, Ooh. yes. I, if you I, put MCT oil in your coffee, that's supposed to help you remember things. So I could definitely I reread it. this book. I'm I'm right there with you. So maybe in five years we'll reread it. <laughs> well, I think that would be something, a revisit, and then you just go deeper. Because mm-hmm. these are the quotes I got the first time, but now there's more quotes. You could put a picture of your um, uh, books I've read, Reader's Journal, uh, for the to put it on the Facebook group. Because I can't do that because I've written all over mine. But okay. um, that's a great thing to start out the new year yeah so mom got me this it's super cool and I was just going to try to do it in a notebook I've never done it before but because I always think I'll remember and then you get to the end of the year and you're like what books did we read and it's like it's kind of hard to remember all of them if you've read a lot it helps you dive deeper into the books that you read it asks like questions you know impressions favorite quotes all this all this stuff and uh, has it all in one journal. It's really cool. Yeah, I'll post a picture later. Because uh, I got mine when I retired at Wright, which is because, and there is a part where you can put loan to, and then you could write where who you loaned it to. But usually when I loan mine, I don't write that down because I put my words that I've uh, discovered. Because I like to pull a word out from a book and stuff. So mm-hmm. I sometime I'll get a recipe for Bannocks and uh, <laughs> I want to try that out. It definitely, he does a great job of describing the food, too. Like, yeah, he's a foodie. He's yeah, a foodie. You can tell he's a foodie. Are you kidding me? Just the pantry of Bilbo is so impressive. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, that should be an Airbnb. They probably have them out there. I, I haven't even researched it. But that would be fun to stay in a hobbit hole that's fully uh, uh that's fully stocked like he described <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, introverts would be flocking. Flocking yeah. there. Well, that's kind of like it reminded me of a tiny home, which, you know, I think those are intriguing, Uh, like a little tiny home. And then beside the tiny home, there's a tiny pantry (laughs) that's the size of the home. Uh, He did serve, but he really didn't have a servant's heart. You know, he he did what he was expected to do because of the wizard. Yes. And I think the wizard saw something in Bilbo. That he know he knew he needed an adventure, and that as a parent, you could you could consider yourself the wizard, and your kids are Bilbo. And sometimes the parents need to back away and let the kid have the adventure. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what the wizard was excellent at doing. Yes. Because he was never there when Bilbo needed him. Yes. But as I've told you before, when I was a kid and we played on the playground, the, the teachers did not intervene. I mean, we had to, we came up with our own rules for softball. And we, you know, if there wasn't an equal number, then somebody was full-time pitcher or full-time hind catcher. And we solved all these problems. Well, now we've had people that are hovering. Rescuers. Yeah. In constant motion. And then these kids, they don't get to solve the problem. And, and is the first solution going to work? Uh, sometimes it didn't. I mean, if someone wants to be full-time pitcher and they can't pitch, we got a problem. And yeah. then we say, hey, that's not going to be you, Randy. You can't do that. And then we put, put someone else in there. But that's so much better than the teacher doing it. For sure. And, the, and the, that's a life skill set that kids are developing. Just to enjoy decision making and falling down and getting back up again. And really, if you take that away from someone, really, that's kind of crippling them. For sure. Enjoy, enjoy the struggle. I could say embrace the struggle. Really? What can we do as a society to help change the stigma from um, avoiding struggle to see it as something positive? And I, I think that's a, a great question. And I think that's why when you choose books to read to your kids or to read to yourself, choose those that have that gritty character that will, that helps us to embrace that so we don't shy away from it and see where because sometimes if you can see the whole story you know then you understand oh okay so if you can see the benefit of the struggle and they're the hobbit there bilbo he didn't see the benefit then at the end he was so glad to be home so thankful you know and then all that adventure in between was amazing all i mean think of the adventures that he he went on i mean yes there's tons of little adventures in there, not just a dragon. I mean, he, he rescued some people. He's, you know, all this stuff is going on. I mean, there's a lot of action. Yes. And I've had, I had a student say this week, don't judge a book by the movie, (laughs) (laughs) which I like that because he, he read holes and he tried to watch the movie and he didn't like the movie. And I said, well, I've heard that about Hobbit. I've heard that there's, too long of dancing the dwarfs dancing and it just goes on and on i've heard that the book is better you want to read the book read the book you want to see the movie watch the movie yeah because he he it's oh the count of monte cristo at the end people have that the director has been lambasted because they attack him and they say well the movie's not like the book the movie's not like the book and then he goes into his uh tirade there which i like his little tirade because I'm the one that would read the book. I have never read The Count of Monte Cristo, though. Well, we might need to put it in our stack. I don't know. Well, no, I don't think you'd like it because obviously uh, it doesn't have a good ending. I know. Because <laughs> you like it to end well. I like it to end the way I want it to end, but <laughs> I'm open to it not. It's okay. Because that's life. Because that makes me uncomfortable. So it's a, I probably need to be uncomfortable. So so you can grow. So I can grow. Like, you can grow like Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. Yes. So that's a wrap. That is a wrap on The Hobbit. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you on the next one.